Welcome everybody to another edition of the CarCast, the after party of the post-game show. Owen and Sean here, live from 75 tonight because Sean is driving, which means our lives are in peril at all times. And uh, speaking of which, the Stars pick up a point tonight in overtime, but they live dangerously and don't get the results. Sean, when you look back at this game from an overall perspective, I think the Stars would feel fortunate to get a point, whereas the St. Louis game, they deserved the two. Yeah, they did. They were lucky to get a point tonight. They were completely lucky to get a point. They, it felt like they overlooked Ottawa. Whether whether they overlooked Ottawa, whether they were looking ahead to Nashville, whether they just, I don't know, maybe their skates were tied too tight and they felt lazy. I, whatever reason, they just didn't look interested tonight until... Maybe they didn't really look interested throughout the game. Um, there was a couple things here and there by certain players, but really it was an ugly, ugly hockey game. And the Stars were lucky to get a point against a team that's in freefall. Yeah, and you know what? I'm not accusing them of lack of effort because I don't think that was it. But I think it is a natural human tendency to let down. And the letdown for me, again, maybe it's just me seeing this and I'm wrong. But after the Stars had a couple really good dominant shifts to start the game, they were in the offensive zone with possession right away. And you go, oh, Ottawa doesn't look very good. Then they scored the power play goal. Sagan threw it off the skate of Ben Harper and in. And you go, oh, boy, it's going to be a long night for Ottawa. After that goal, that's where I think there was a let-off. I don't think it was an intentional one. I think it just happened. But the Stars, from that point on, were outplayed by Ottawa in this first period. And really, it took until the middle part of the second period where they started to put up some big chances and really force Anderson's hand with that four-on-four shift where they were all over him. Anderson was good tonight. Don't take anything away from him. Uh, big two, big two, really big saves from him where he gets the uh, four-on-four save on Matias Yenmark when he's yep. down one nothing, and then also the uh, glove save on Roussel um, going from his left to his right. Two big saves when yep. his team's down one nothing. That I think really those. Are, I think if either of those go in, oh, it's over. This game's over. I think. I mean, there was more than that too yeah, because yeah. Radulov before Yanmark four and four had a good chance, and Anderson made the save. Then Yanmark, then Roussel, then. Pitlick had another look. Any of those, any one of those goes in, and I think Ottawa crumbles. Yeah. And yet they kept it in, and then obviously, they, look, they scored with 1.4 seconds left in the second period, which is unfortunate. But that whole power play, they were really zinging the puck around. Stars were chasing, and it was impressive puck movement, but it was also a bit chaotic from the penalty kill. That's been, I mean, the last 14 games, Stars have been at 90 percent. 45 of 50, I think, was the number. It was just very impressive. Yeah, and the uh, I mean, obviously, the penalty kill went through a bit of uh, reshuffling tonight by uh, by need because obviously Esselindell and Radic Fox are both yep. unavailable to play tonight. Um, first penalty kill of the night went well. They uh, I actually I actually really liked how the first one went a because they drew a penalty to, to cancel out the power play. Um, I actually really liked that the refs actually called that made actually made that uh, inter- called that interference call on Hoffman when he knocked Pitlick stick away from him. It's the right call. It's the right call. But sometimes you don't see them make that call. I, I was actually, um, but. I thought I really liked how the two Tylers looked to start that penalty killing shift. Yes. Um, the next penalty killing shift, they did go Pitlick and Sagan together. It was uh, 
it was uh, Sagan and uh, Sagan and Ben, I believe, to start, and Pitlick with Shore, I think. Uh, that sounds about right. I, I, might, I might be off by order, but I actually liked, really liked when the two Tylers were together. So I just thought that was something that's just me nitpicking here of X's and O's, minor things. Of maybe that's what I would have done is kept those two together. Um, but. Uh, that was a big goal for Ottawa, obviously, 1.5 seconds left, get the tie, get the tie going into the third period, and then in the third period, you have another um, another bad goal by your goalie, and another bad goal where... On the rush, short side. Two straight games for the goalie, and we've talked... Different to, goalies. We've spoken to both goalies after this has happened, where... They've overthought it. Ben Bishop the other day thought um, Schwartz was going to come in and try and chip him, chip it over his shoulder. Um, today, Kari came in and told us he was looking for the pass from Duchesne, and he thought Duchesne was going to pass, and Duchesne was able to trick him. And it was just not a good it was, angle. It was just not a good angle, and that's that's an, an, that's probably why Kari was thinking, saying he doesn't have a good angle to shoot this. There's no way he's going to try it because it's not a good shooting position. Yeah, but either way, you need that save every yes, single every time. Every single time. He's giving, he's giving, he's giving Duchesne. I understand him giving Duchesne credit, but he's giving Duchesne too much credit when saying he's a tricky player. He can do that. That's not really that tricky. That's just a bad angle shot. Yes. That's that. You need that save. Um, from that moment, the stars finally wake up a bit. Um, they end up. Pressuring and scoring, scoring to tie it with a 108 remaining. Who knows? Maybe Tyler Sagan scored with 705 remaining left in the game. You can't tell. You can't tell at all. No, it, you can't tell. It, it led me to tweet out the obligatory call for better goal line technology in hockey. Yeah. Because I don't. I actually am. I'm not really sure that I don't think it went in. If it did, know. there's no way visually for us to see that. There's got to be a way. You know, not like the Fox Tracker from the yeah. '90s, but there's got to be a way to put a little chip inside a puck to be able to tell if it breaks the plane or not fully. There's got to be some way. Optics are going to be hard. Yes, soccer has goal line technology. It's a bigger goal, especially in comparison to the athletes. There's no big padding to cover. The ball is bigger, so it's easier to see. So you can have cameras all around and do a visual of it. Um, in hockey, because of the padding, you're going to need to be able to know where the exact location is, probably with the chip. Um, but they've got to be able to. This is the NHL. It's the biggest hockey league in the world. I thought it was a uh, it was a subtle and all goalies do it, but I thought it was just one of those things where it was fun to uh, just as a goalie myself to watch Anderson with a very savvy veteran move they teach you at goalie camp as a kid. The twist. Where as you're when the puck's underneath you and it's close to the goal line, you do the little shuffle to get your whole body over the goal line before revealing where the puck ever was. Then you do the big kick so the puck goes away. So, right, so all, it's in your gear, but you're yeah. You, what he did was he he squeezed the pads. Yeah. He's probably not sure exactly where it is. No, he knows it's under he it. He has but no idea where it is. So what he does is then he spins his shoulder sideways, which twists his leg sideways and out of the, the goal yes. line to the middle of the crease. He knows the buck's under it. Then he lifts his legs. Only yeah. then, right? You don't yeah. lift it while you're in the net because if you do it, yeah. if, hey, look, the buck's in the net. Yeah, so he eliminates all evidence yeah. of uh, any potential evidence of the buck being in the net. Hey, I mean, he's a veteran goalie. He yeah. should know no, well enough yeah, to do it that. Just, it, was, it was fun. It's, it's, a, uh, it's one of those moves that I remember as a kid they teach you in goalie camp of right. when the puck's under you. Um, Don't just sit there digging it out while you're in the exactly. net. Exactly. Right. Um, so... 
stars, though, do tie the game. A uh, Tyler Sagan scores his second goal of the game. He's been he's been really good lately. I know he wasn't happy with the result of the game, but he's been really good lately. He's going to get 40 goals for the first time in his career, and he's never been better as far as his 200-foot game. Correct. His face-offs, he was, again, at 67%. He was 12 of 18. Oh, yeah. He's getting, it seems, seems like he's becoming more dominant, and he's taking all sorts of very important draws. And, and tonight, it was one of the... Stars feasted in the face-offs. Give you an idea how good Sagan's gotten on face-offs. I looked at it tonight, and I'm like, oh, this is one of the... Not that it was having a bad night, but I'm like, this is an average night for him. And then you look at it, and an average night is winning 12 of 18, yeah. which is very good. Very good. So, um, then it goes to overtime, and in overtime, well, first off, before it even gets to overtime, the Stars set a conservative tone by, I rightfully so, it's an interconference game, holding the puck the final 30 seconds. And look, Ottawa, Ottawa was waiting for a turnover. They yeah. sat back, they didn't pressure, Pattern held the puck, there were about 20 seconds left. Yeah. I don't think that's the wrong move for two reasons. One is, let's make sure you get the point. Two, you're risking when they're sitting back, they're waiting to clog and trap and, and counter. If they pressured, then you go up the ice. But there was no room. I don't think there's a... I, I have no problem with that. Yeah. Then you get into overtime and kind of a bit of a overtime where um, we saw the Senators reach the Eastern Conference final last year basically doing the same thing, where they don't... They wait for the other team to make a mistake. It's very boring hockey. Yes. And that's what overtime was. They, they, uh, the three on three only had one shot. But listen, there were two good chances. Oh, yes, yes. No, I'm not, not shots say, on yes. goal, but two good looks yes. for the start. Yes. Uh, basically, and uh, one of the best, probably the best chance of overtime. Klingberg. Um, Klingberg has a chance, and he almost sets up Devin Shore right in front of the net. Sure. Before that, drove the net. I love how instead of He's being forced lately. wide, he really does like yep. to cut to the crease. And he didn't get the shot on. It was knocked down as he was trying. But, you know, if you keep doing that, you're going to score some of those. And what Devin Shore does that drive towards the net, I actually was talking about it the other day, it's actually kind of a lacrosse move. Where yes. If you look at it, it's one of those. He's where, leaning his where, body where against the defender. And you're, and you're leaning your body against the defender, and you're doing that cut across to get that, to go to kind of beat the goalie to the far post. Right. The difference is it's harder to bounce one in yes, yes, in hockey than yeah. lacrosse. But again, uh, really nice play. And then the Klingberg composure, he gets Anderson committed, goes around him, but doesn't have a shot. If he had any angle, he scores. Yeah. And threw it back in front, and Shore just missed. Shore just and missed. Then, and boy, Eric look, Carlson. you know Eric Carlson's good, but Tyler Pitlick is one of the fastest star skaters. I don't know if he's the fastest. He's, he might be. And Carlson pulled away from him. Yeah. He's that fast. He's a good player. He's a heck of a player. And he beat Car uh, Kari Lennon through the five-hole. Nice move. Um, again, that's a tough one. Your goalie. Uh, five-hole's a tricky one, but wouldn't you like to see him make him go around him? And, like, you know, uh, I don't know. Obviously it's, it's a breakaway. I'm not, put, I'm not putting the blame no, on Kari for that that's one. That's not the one you want back, no, but... No, no, you know, um, the... Uh, and five, I don't like where his stick is placed, but I don't like I don't like where his stick is placed on the play. But that's me being finicky and being uh, being and picking even deeper at what happened on the play. Sure. But I, you don't blame Kari Lennon for that loss. You blame you don't blame him for the loss on that goal. You can blame you blame the entire team for their attitude and not their attitude for how they looked, how sloppy it was. If you want to blame Lennon for anything, you blame him for the goal that gave Ottawa the lead. Um, you right. know, the overtime goal, I don't blame him for. It's one of the 
one of the best players in the world, not just one of the best defensive, one of the best players in the world in the breakaway, right. and he uh, took advantage of his uh, opportunity. Agreed. And ultimately, like we said before, Sean, I'm not so sure the Stars deserve to win this hockey game. They almost stole this one. And it would have been a nice win uh, for a comeback and a rally again. And they had their chances in overtime. But this game's performance needs to be, I mean, they, they needed to be a lot better. It wasn't It wasn't good enough. No. And it's, it, it's, it's the type of effort and type of effort, I keep saying the word effort, and that's probably the wrong word choice. It's the type of performance and sloppiness that could lead to very bad things if you do the same thing in Nashville. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, the, the Ottawa Senators have good players. They have some really good players. They're, as a team, they're not playing well, and they're not going to make the playoffs, of course. But the Nashville Predators make a living off of mistakes. They sit comfortably. They wait you out. They're very patient. And as soon as you make an error, they score. And they do it repeatedly. And remember, the last time the Stars were in Nashville, it was a decent start and then a couple of mistakes. And all of a sudden, in a few minutes, they scored three goals. And if they, if Dallas is like this tomorrow, almost today, it's not going to be pretty. Yeah, I mean, we haven't even discussed where the other big news point from today. The burying the lead, yes. perhaps. Um, ben Bishop doesn't return for the second period, and the first period... Not surprising once you get cold. No, no. Right, he's still okay. Yeah. Tweak something, but probably he's okay. He's still warm in the game and warmed up. So he, so basically there's a situation where Dan Hampus is, uh, ends up falling on Bishop. And he was pitchforked. He was pitchforked onto him. J.G. Um, Pajot, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, uh, had his stick, and he actually cleaned out. It's like a slew football with a stick. We call yeah. it a pitchfork. Uh, from behind, took out uh, yeah. Hamus's left leg yeah. and knocked him off balance. I don't know if he was trying to do that or not, if it was an intentional move. If it was, it would have been a penalty, or should have been. But he fell Hamus very awkwardly on Bishop's left leg. It, it was a look bad right away. It was just a, ooh, that's, yeah. your leg's not used to having weight down on it like that. No, and, and for those who don't, for quick refresher on things, um, for some people who made a, for a perspective on things that you may not not realize, um, a goalie pad is not made to really protect you from that type of contact. I know it's a protective piece of equipment. It's a big, bulky pad. It's a, it's a pad that's made to protect your protect your body from pucks and things like that. It's not really, it's not like, it's not something where it's like a knee brace that's going to brace that. Especially because yes. the padding is on one side, it's not really yes. from the back. So, so it's not like a big marshmallow. Yes. Um, so Bishop, I didn't think he, I know, I didn't think he looked good. He stayed in the game. He looked a bit. Yeah, he made a really nice save uh, on, uh, I believe it was Duchesne after a turnover behind the starter's net. Yes. A couple minutes later. And he made a really nice save there, but just he kind of looked a bit out of sorts. Looked like he was laboring. Yeah, looked out of sorts, looked uncomfortable, um, and just did not return for the second period. And then after the game, we learned uh, Hitch says that uh, he's obviously he will not play tomorrow in Nashville. He will not be available Friday um, when they play the Ducks. And then we'll get more of an update later. Um, I don't want to speculate any further because I think that gets us in trouble. That's, yes. that's just bad form if we try to speculate on what the injury is and where it could be and whatnot. Either way, you're looking at two more starts this week for Carl Lennon and then probably Mike McKenna backing up. 
that's what my guess would be too. The big thing for the Stars is would Ben Bishop be if available? Could you look? I, nothing against Mike McKenna. I think he's a really fun guy, and uh, look forward to getting a chance to talk to him again because he's been an AHL journeyman. He has played in the NHL before. But can you get Kari to carry you at least until the back-to-back Montreal to Toronto? Because that's the next time where you'll probably need another goalie, yep. um, presuming that Kari plays as well as he has on the road lately. And, and then, again, of course, the Ducks on Friday. So the best-case scenario is that Ben Bishop is available for that back-to-back, which is next week. Yeah. Um, One week from tomorrow. Yes. Today. It's now officially midnight. Yes. Um, no, it'll be interesting because I don't think... It's not... I don't know, Sean. I mean, Kari's played back-to-backs before, but yeah. we might... You might say, look, that doesn't mean the Stars can't get a good start out of a guy like McKenna. I mean, he's won games in the NHL before, and that kind of rallies players sometimes. And I think the more pressing issue at the moment, because you have Kari Latin in a very good year so far, is how quickly is... Hessel Lindell and Roddick Fox are going to be out. Mark Janko, the assistant general manager for the Dallas Stars, was on our postgame show, and he said he doesn't anticipate either of those to be long-term injuries, which I think is a really good good sign. Yeah, uh, I saw actually, actually saw both injured players today, Hessel uh, being sick and Roddick being, um, being the foot injury. Hessel um, I actually saw when I was walking into the ring for morning skates, um, today he was walking out. I said hello to him, and he was—he's ill, but he didn't seem like deathly ill. And now this is—I'm not even trying to pretend to diagnose anything, but just yep. he didn't look. Uh, it's not like he was quarantined or anything like that. Um, By the way, speaking of which, um, I may be repeating myself. I said it on the post-game show, so I can't remember if I said it tonight already. You can certainly catch me if that's the case. But Rope Hintz is a big kid. He, you have not said that on the uh, okay. On our car. I said it in the post game show. Okay. We, Bruce and I, were in the elevator getting down to our post game position at the final media timeout. Mm-hmm. Fox and Hints were in there with yes. us. Fox is a big, big man. Yes. And Hints is eye to eye with him. It's you keep thinking game. of him as a young kid just getting into the professional game in the AHL. He's not as big as he's every bit as big as Roddick Fox. Yeah. I mean, he. He, I know they, they make him bigger now, and guy, all these kids that are coming in are all gigantic. And, and then you have Riley Tufties of the world, and Jason Robertson's are big, and uh, Jake Ottinger's huge. Colton Point's a big kid. I say kid, he's a college kid now, so he's more of a man, but they just they keep getting bigger. Yeah. And so I guess the reason why I bring that up is A, it was an observation, and B, is if there's a good chance, perhaps, or decent chance that, that Rope Hintz is in the lineup, or at least in warm-ups for uh, Nashville tomorrow. Yeah, he could... Uh, he, I would imagine the Stars may emergency recall him again tomorrow morning. Here's the thing. I'll bet you he travels tonight yeah. mm-hmm. with the team. That's my guess, too. And is there for warm-up, can get sent down, he can still come back with the team and still, if they don't need him, play in Cedar Park on Wednesday. Yep. And he... Uh, it's funny. It's funny how things work. I tweeted the exact number, and I don't remember now. But like, he spent eight hours on the NHL roster today. Yes, and he had a nice boost in salary. He had a very nice boost in salary, roughly, roughly eleven times his daily pay. <laughs> um, 
somewhere along those lines. Um, Man, but and that's amazing too because that's a, not a, not a shabby monthly pay for many. Yes. And he got that in one day. I mean, again, numbers are crazy skewed and different as yeah. professional athletes, but still, when you, you break it down by the day and you make over four thousand dollars in one day, mm-hmm. it's a good day's work. Yep. Good days work. Uh, morning skate. Not even warm up. No warm up. Didn't, warm up. didn't, didn't even, even take morning so skate. Travel a few hours. Yeah. Dress for a warm up. I mean, Sean. Look, I would look so out of place, but I could dress for a warm up as long as they promise not to put me in the game. <laughs> and for four grand, heck, yeah. Sign me up. How yes. do I do that? Yes. Right. Yes. Now, granted, the assurances of hey, you have to go out there and actually yeah. play would be yeah. exciting and terrifying. But speaking yeah. of Roddick, speaking of Roddick, he. Uh, Made fun of my dinner choices in the press box tonight. Um, pile up the old chicken tenders tonight? Yes, had some chicken tenders in the press box. <laughs> and I hear of when I'm in the press box, and Roddick walks over and uh, sees me piling up the chicken tenders and says to me something along the lines of, uh, So we work, and you just eat chicken up here? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He hasn't been up in the press box. No. So, so not this year. He, though his one other injury scratch was a g- road game. Right. So, <laughs> so it's a big deal. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, he just says, oh, well, so this is what you do while we play. Yes. And then to make matters worse, I, of course, carry my chicken over and I check out the candy bucket. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yes. Yes. Um, I, you know what? We get fed downstairs um, in the media meal. You don't always partake in that because as a non-STARS employee, it is not a included, it's a, you have to pay extra for it. Also, since I started, since the job change, I ended up doing more work before Right, the understood. Yes. So, I, because I eat a full meal downstairs, I try really hard to avoid whatever hot item is served during the first intermission and onward. I mean... Because yeah, I don't You also need, work during the intermission. Right, right. But again, yeah. I can come out and get more. There's plenty, usually plenty left during the start of the second period. But I don't need a, a plate full of chicken tenders as good as they look after eating a full meal a couple hours the before. Chicken so I try to not. Chicken tenders are the better of the two options. Yes. Um, there were more. There used to be more. Now they right? do a lot of tenders. A lot of tenders. There, a lot of the there's, there's pulled the, pork, or is it the, the shredded chicken? There's the pulled meat of some variety. Um, <laughs> pulled meat. That just sounds really, really wrong. <laughs> the pulled it meat, is the after party, folks, but not that kind of after party. If, the, if, 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 it's, the, if, it's, if it's that option, I may... Mystery shredded meat. Yes, meat. If, if it's that option, I may go with the ice cream cone for dinner. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of lot of uh, spicy trail mix. Yep, or the uh, or the pretzels. Yeah. I go I go with the uh, the mid game popcorn and candy bowl yeah. mix, the little uh, salty and then sugary. I, I have cut down on the caffeine intake during games. I try not to touch the stuff unless I, I really need it. I used to drink a lot of coffee during the games. Now I now instead either I'll grab a caffeine free tea bag or. <laughs> Or, or I'll do hot water with honey in it, just because, why not? If you need a hot beverage, I'm, I'm a, a warm, water guy. So it's a warm beverage. But I do a lot of water. I bring up the uh, iced tea from downstairs. I wish there was more iced tea upstairs, but that's, you know, splitting hairs. Water's just fine. Uh, only only when, when under the weather, with throat and cough, will I go to the, the hot tea. Yeah. I, I like to, I don't, I'm a 
warm-blooded northerner well, just like, I by birth, so I, I don't need... If, uh, a hot beverage will make me start sweating. Unless I really... I, it just makes my core so warm I don't need it. I just like the warm beverage. Understandable. It's... Yeah. It's fine. Um, I don't know where to go from there, so maybe some lightning round? Yeah, here? yeah, I don't really know how we got all the way down this, this hole. <laughs> yeah, we started, well, you know, us and food, it yes. becomes a thing. All right, so let's see, what do we have here? Uh, Zach writes, so obviously... One of Zach's. Yep, this is, we'll call him Zach One. Okay. So obviously Sagan is the Stars' MVP, but it's hit like the biggest surprise of the season for the Stars. I don't think Sagan is obviously the MVP. I think he and Alexander Radulov are neck and neck. And I don't think Sagan became neck and neck until the last couple of weeks. I think that prior to that, it was Radulov by a, a you know a few lengths in the race. But I, then I think that that race has been caught up because Sagan's complete defensive game has really become notable, uh, and to the point where you know Hitch keeps saying to us when we ask about, hey, the storyline is we shouldn't even be asking. He's a he's a one. Yeah. Well. When you think back not that long ago, less than a season ago, he wasn't, you, oh, Sagan's not going out for the power play. He's going to be the, yeah. or the penalty kill. He'll serve the penalty. Now he's he's option one or two. I'd actually put Sagan and Radulov as co-MVPs. Right, right, right now, now I think they're, they're even and there's still ways to go before you make a determination. Yep. Um, but the question about Tyler Pitlick. Is, is Pitlick the biggest surprise? The answer is no. Uh, no, he's not the biggest surprise. He is a surprise, or just a pleasant surprise, because we knew when he was signed that and I think if he stayed, the question was, he had a knee problem last year. If he's healthy, he's a very effective role player. Well, he's been healthy, and Sean, he's been fabulous, and his three-year, $3 million contract, $1 million a year AAV, looks like a steal right now. Oh, yeah. But it's not the biggest surprise of the season. Yeah, and, and for Pitlick, I think the other thing, and maybe for other people who didn't know anything about him, maybe, but I think, A, you and I, having covered him in the AHL and seen him before, we kind of had kind of seen what he could do before. Um, so I think he's not he's even less of a surprise to us, because he was always a guy, even when I saw him play with Oklahoma City, who could take games over and things like that at the AHL level. Um, and you knew his game would translate in a slightly different realm, but it would translate... Um, in the NHL if he just stayed healthy. Um, but So he's not the biggest surprise. Biggest surprise would be... Greg Patterson by yes. a long shot. And look, uh, another big surprise is Kari Lettinen coming into a backup role and playing really well in uh, half to a third of the usual games played. I mean, he was playing 65 games a year for a long time. We had a narrative for many years in Dallas of, well, why can't the Stars find an adequate backup to give Kari a breather every now and then and win games? Mm -hmm. Whereas now it's, hey, Stars have a phenomenal backup that's just getting overpaid for what it is. Can, and we've both speculated, can Kari, or can the Stars re-sign Kari for next year for a year or two at a backup's rate? Mm -hmm. We'll see. I think so, but again, to be continued. Um, this was actually a radio post-game show question, but Chip wrote in, are the, these late comebacks the past three games a good sign of resilience for the playoffs or a bad sign because we shouldn't have to keep making comebacks to start with? Um, it's, well, it's, it's, it's an interesting... It's a good thing because if you're going to be in that situation, you have to do that. Um, but it's a bad thing because you don't want to be in that situation that often. You don't want to be in that situation three games in a row... Um, where you're having to do that late in the game. I think the bigger issue... I think the bigger issue for me isn't the... 
isn't that the fact they're coming back late. The bigger issue is that sometimes they need to be trailing like that to wake up sometimes. That's the bigger issue for me. Um, right. Where they have... You want to see that drive, that tenacity yeah. from the I wanna, opening uh, bell and to stay that way. Or even the games, sometimes where it happens, the games where they do have a start like that, then all of a sudden they get a lead. Like tonight, against Ottawa, they get a lead and then let things, and then they feel comfortable. Like, I, you'd like... You'd like to see them push forward, get the next yeah. one, and put the game yeah. a you, little bit farther yeah, out Maybe that's what the word is for me. You'd like to see them feel like they're uncomfortable and they have to impact the game Play more throughout the, the game. I yeah. mean, they're, they're against better opposition, they're doing that. Yeah. Um... And that's, that's, yeah, I mean, that's an issue. Um, part of it is that they have not scored a ton lately. Um, it's still an issue of are they playing the game the right way? Because Hitch demands that if they play hard hockey, get in on the forecheck, make it difficult for the opposition, press, clog the, the neutral zone, they'll get mistake chances. That's what Nashville feeds on. Nashville scores a lot of goals, but part of it is not just because they're driving the play, it's because they're driving the mistakes. Yeah. And I think Hitch wants to see more of that. Yes. He wants the Stars to be to make it miserable for the opponent to get out of their own zone and then pounce on chances because of that. Mm -hmm. um, funny comment. Uh, one of our uh, followers said, Seriously, does Jack Sparrow, Carlson, ever leave the ice? He's got monster time on ice. And I actually wanted to bring that up not because of Carlson, who's very good, but John Klingberg, uh, Sean, had his 20 less seconds first 30-plus TOI time on ice this season, which was high. So most, most yeah. this year, and without Essa Lindell, and I would suspect that we're going to see a fair amount of John Klingberg tomorrow night in Nashville. You would think you would think so, yeah. Um, it was, and he was playing with a little bit of everybody. He spent most of the game with Mathot, but he played with I think Mathot played around twenty-two. Late in the game, we saw uh, him with Hamhuis, and as well as Honka out there late. That was one shift, and Honka had a really short lead. She pulled Honka right after. Yes. Um, well, remember, Honka had been healthy scratch for eight straight games. Yes. No. No. I, speaking of which, I would look for a better game from him tomorrow night. Yes. Because he hadn't played in a while. It'll be the second night in a row. Hopefully he can he can improve a bit, because I didn't think he was great tonight. Yeah. All right, that does it for us tonight. Uh, no car cast tomorrow, because it's a road game. Yes. Hopefully we will have one for Friday's game against the Ducks. The last one before a lengthy road trip. Ooh, yes. A long trip scattered throughout the Northeast, and then Winnipeg in the middle of that, and then back east. And that's, that's a weird Crazy trip. schedule, but nonetheless... Uh, Stars do get a point for the fourth straight game, 2-0-2, two, oh, two, to close out the homestand. I have, to, I have a trip for that for that, for that that trip, that crazy trip. Yeah. I will fly through Minnesota to get to Winnipeg. <laughs> and then from to get back to from Winnipeg to Washington, D.C., I will fly back through Minnesota. So you're going to touch Minnesota twice without a game being played. Yes. Connections. 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 Yeah. That Dallas to Winnipeg direct isn't uh, isn't running right now. That's why uh, I would prefer either Nashville or Vegas in the first round. I'm telling you, Vegas is the way to go for a uh, for a multitude of reasons. Oh, well, travel would be clearly. I'm th thinking selfishly here. Yes. Now, the one thing we haven't talked about, and maybe we should save it for another car cast, but 
we talked about the Vegas flu this year. A lot of teams have had trouble winning in Las Vegas because of the distractions surrounding the, the game itself, the opportunities for entertainment throughout the Sin City. The Stars took the dad's trip there and actually were one of the few teams to not only win, but they were the first ever team to shut out the Knights in their own building. Uh, that's a nice little trivia f uh, fun fact. So, if the Stars were to render themselves into a first-round series with the Vegas Golden Knights, do they just recruit the dads to go on all the the post playoff trip to, to Las Vegas? You do that, or I think I think one thing that comes with the Vegas flu, and this could go down a deep wormhole, <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it quick. Because we could just yeah, keep going yeah. here. One thing that comes with the Vegas flu is things that are going on, things, the other things you can do. I think a smart team will go into Vegas and will not stay on the strip. They will stay they will stay maybe they'll maybe find a hotel somewhere a little bit off. They're gonna bus in together. I think I think you lose that Vegas flu aspect. It's the playoffs, uh, it's guys the will playoffs. be very it's, serious. It's, yeah, it's the playoffs. Or will they? Or will they? I mean you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. So but I think the the writers will not be, but the uh, no. In fact, that will be. If there's ever such a thing as writing guilty, that will be that that series if that happens. Yes, I mean, look. I can't even say anything. I can't even talk yeah. about that with a straight face. I right know. Now. All right. That being said, that does it for our car cast. We'll leave you on a, a note of wanting more. Thank you for listening. If you did indeed stay up with us or listen to the next day, and get ready for. CarCast after Anaheim on Friday night, the next time we will be riding together, and Sean will again be trying to defy death and other DFW drivers.